forecast the value of cash will 9.4% would erode at cash of obvious when is cash suitable and, and obviously we've given you some examples you know there um, but you know actually markets have been pretty strong over the last few weeks fingers yeah touch wood fingers crossed all, all those different things so true potential rewards is essentially free money you will and this was 200 pounds what for a sky yeah. monthly subscription so that that what was almost does he well And welcome to the latest True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It's episode 128, and today we're going to talk about the real cost of cash. So, it's a mouthful. I'm joined <laughs> today by three colleagues Chris Leyland, Investment Director. I always get your Extraordinary. Uh, <laughs> Diane Patterson, Digital Delivery Manager. No, I'm a head of delivery, Greg. Head of delivery, I was close <laughs> enough. I got manager in there, which is makes it sound important. I didn't want to sound director of investment strategy. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, I've got two wrong. Let's go for a hat-trick. I might have got to take the match ball home and get a, a hat-trick. Tom, you are a financial advisor. Easy. Oh, yeah, 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 so, well done. So, and our first time together as well. I so know it is. I've watched you on a couple of them and really enjoyed it. And I'm glad we've been paired up today. So, look, today we've been given the topic of cash. It's a, a real interesting one. And we've, we've, we've probably sat in this room for... 20 minutes talking about cash in different ways. I think Graham behind the, the, the screen was talking about the prices of McDonald's cheeseburgers and things like that, and Amazon Prime going up, that caused absolute outrage, yeah, didn't it? Point. So, you know, it's tough at the moment. It is it is tough, and everybody's looking after the pennies at the moment, and, you know, I certainly have been logging into my True Potential app and using the, 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 the spending feature of looking at what I've been spending. So I know that's something... I'm keeping a close eye on, but let's let's just talk about cash. Is it king or is it the joker in the pack? That's a real Peter Bold one. There, isn't <laughs> it that? is. That'll be the last one today, I, I promise. But what we, have you done with Greg? I know. Sorry, <laughs> I, I get a bit of humour there. Um, but 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 let's just try and look at some of the positives. Cash is something you know people need to have. Tom, you're a, an advisor. You recommend clients hold cash. To yeah, a certain level, yeah. There's, there's there's certainly scenarios when it's when it's you know good to have cash. I mean, one is obviously for an emergency fund. Uh, we typically recommend having uh, three to six worth, well, three to six months worth of expenditure in cash uh, for emergencies. Say if your boiler broke down, um, you know, if your car broke down, you've got readily available, um, you know, funds to get hold of there. Uh, another situation when it's when it's certainly suitable is say if you've got a goal which is you want to spend all of that money within a five year period. Um, so, for instance, I'm getting married soon, so I'm saving for a wedding soon. So, I've got a, I've got a, um, you know, I'm thinking probably two years there. Now, obviously, within a two-year period, I'm going to, you know, fully, you know, encash that money and then spend it on a wedding. So, in that situation, there, it's too, to- you know, shorter time period really for to be investing in the stock market. And it can be sensitive to stock market volatility. So, in that situation, obviously, it's not suitable to invest in the markets at all. And 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 you know, cash is obviously a good option for that. It's subjective as well, isn't it? So we talk about things like cars breaking down and boilers breaking down. But I think at the minute, people are looking at their pennies as well as their pounds because everywhere you go, it, we are talking about inflation and what it's at and what does it mean for you in terms of cash. And you go to the supermarket and it's a, it's just undeniable how much things have gone up. So where you've got, well, certainly from my point of view, where I've got my emergency pot I'm now more likely to keep a little bit more in the emergency pot because I don't know how bad this is going to get. So I don't want to be caught out thinking I've got enough 
if the boiler breaks down or if the car breaks down, only to then find, but do I really? Because do I actually know what it costs to repair my boiler right now? I know roughly what I think it might cost, but if that's not enough in two or three months' time, what will be enough in Mm -hmm. two or three months' time? So how much I'm beginning to think about how much more I might need in my emergency pot just to pacify me as opposed to knowing how much it physically will be. And I think that's why, I mean, it's subjective. It comes down to how you cope with your own peace of mind and what makes you feel secure in terms of the cash that you've got sat there as opposed to the investments. Are you comfortable with one and not the other? And if you are, can you make a decision based on, actually, I should probably leave the cash that I've got there. It's too much. Mm. I probably should be putting more into investments or vice versa, regardless as to what's happening with inflation. I guess well, it comes down to attitude to risk. Everybody's got a different attitude to risk. Mm. Um, you know, those who are more sort of, you know, cautious will have more in cash. Those who don't, obviously, you know, like myself, I'm a bit more <laughs> bullish, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I have less in cash, but obviously a bit more now I'm saving for certain things. But, you know, it, that, that is a big factor in all of this, really. And we, we find that with clients when we're going through fact finding. Some clients like to hold a bit more in cash and are comfortable with that. And at the end of the day, when we're investing clients' money, we don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Um, because, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, you shouldn't be invested yeah. really in the first place. So, yeah, that's another factor, I think. And Chris, I, I just jumping across to you, mate. Yeah. I, know, I know, obviously, in your role of the one that I got wrong, <laughs> uh, it sounds really, it sounds really clever, anyways. But you're yeah. you're responsible essentially for our clients' money when they're invested. You yes. add that overlay at the top at, at portfolio yeah. level. You've got managers on the ground working for you and for our clients every day, and sometimes they make a decision to hold cash or similar instruments to avoid that risk, and that. That's ultimately we, we, we try and absorb that on clients' behalf, as opposed to them say getting in touch with with Tom or one of the advisors and saying move me to cash. You know, let's let's yeah. just talk about that a little bit about what what goes on on the ground. I, I think that's a really good point. You no, know, and it filters into to what Tom was saying about the different risk categories. So, if a client is quite risk averse, so the more of what we call a defensive client or a cautious client then actually within the portfolio, we will hold a larger cash balance for them overall. So for example, if you look at say the defensive portfolio right now, it's around about 29% cash. If you look at the cautious portfolio, that's around about 19% cash right now. So I think in some ways, when people are maybe thinking around the cash balances that they want to hold, obviously you've got to have that you know, for your emergency fund, etc. But if you're holding it because maybe you feel quite cautious, the reality is, is actually that the portfolios themselves have cash in there. I think the second thing as well is, you know, cash is really important within investment. And the reason why it's important is because you can use cash to access opportunities. You know, we know what's happened in markets this year. You know, it's been a, a really challenging year for virtually all types of asset class. But the reality is, is, you know, if you've got cash on the side, then you've got an ability there to pick up whether it's a stock or a bond or whatever the product is, at a really, really cheap price. You know, we've got some of our managers, I was talking to um, one of the managers at, at Close Brothers, and, and he's been running quite a high cash balance, but he's been running that down over the last couple of months, and that's because he's finding loads of really good opportunities at really good prices, really favourable entry points. So mm-hmm. in that sense, you know, maybe one of the, the things that I think is important to get across is you know, myself, the fund managements that we work with, you know, we're managing cash balances on clients' behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the ones that are looking at what is happening within markets, within asset prices, 
and taking a decision actually, you know, maybe things are a little expensive now, we should probably hold a little bit more cash. Or actually, do you know what? There's real opportunities coming out of here. Therefore, we should be spending some of that cash. Um, so for me, you know, we manage the cash as well as maybe clients yeah. managing their own cash balances. It goes. It goes back to what Tom said as yeah. well about you know when we have say a member uh, one of our clients call up and say I've got a pension I've been investing for thirty years I've had a couple of months of you know yeah. volatile markets I want to move to cash it's almost don't do it you know at least yeah. consider your options. What what I always say to clients is look if you had a house which was valued at a hundred thousand pounds in November and it's now dropped to eighty thousand because of the, the discounts yeah. in the market <clears throat> you would never accept it would you? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in the situation here. And, you know, like you said, pensions are such a long-term investment. It's so silly to, to yeah. do when you're invested for the long-term. That's the key thing is, is long-term of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can look at performance over short-term periods and, you know, sometimes you do get these periods like this. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you pull it out, you know, looking at a balanced portfolio over the stop the seven years, it's average yeah. close to its benchmark, well, over its benchmark of 5.5%, yeah. yeah. despite the fact that we've had two bear markets there. And I think that's the sort of things that clients just need to remember the fact that we've gone through two really difficult periods in terms of the equity markets and obviously bond markets now, um, you know, during that period of time we're still performing well. Um, when you look, when you pull it out over the longer term, and that's and it's, the key. It's thing. crystallizing that loss as well, isn't it? And missing the, the bounce on the way back yeah, up. Yeah, they're, the, they're the two things we always say take into account. Yeah. If you've still got a couple of years to be invested, we can't guarantee a return. But if there is a bounce, you're in yeah. there and you're ready as opposed to taking yourself away from that opportunity you can see it in the technology as well so i think just based on what you were saying there yeah if a client is a client of ours and you go into the technology you can actually see what you're invested in by choosing your investment and having a look at the assets the underlying assets it'll break it down per asset class for you so you might not think you're invest invested in cash but you are, it will actually show you where you're in equities and where you're in commodities and the percentage in that particular holding that sits as a cash element. So again, if they want to see, I've got X in the bank as an emergency fund, but do I have Y invested in cash? You probably do. And we will also notify them in the apps as well in terms of all the rebalances. So we show them where the positives and negatives are in terms of this is what we've sold out of on your behalf. This is what we've invested into on your behalf. So they can see the change there in a a wordy text speak, as well as the physical percentage in the app. So, again, we are a technology led company. Um, and that's I think that's what if clients do get stuck into the technology they'll they'll find it reassuring as opposed to us collectively sat here on a podcast talking about what it means to us mm. it, we, they can actually see what it means to them as well I think, I think that's, that's a really good point actually I think, I think the other thing you, know, you were saying earlier around like clients really should look at what they're invested yeah. in and the reason why I say that is you know I speak to quite a lot of clients maybe not as many as you yeah. speak to but one of the things that I always get from clients is you know they always talk about the market being down and they always talk about that, that's the stock market yeah. so that's the equity markets company shares etc but the reality is you know if you've got a, a balanced client or certainly if you've got a lower risk client than that then the reality is is that actually the stock market component of that isn't the whole portfolio no nope. there's bonds in there there's alternatives in there there's commodities in there mm. you know there's things that have actually done really well this year yeah. And I think you can become quite fixated with what's happening in the stock market, but there can be a disconnect, and and there is a disconnect when you look at the performance this year of global equities down, what, about 16%, something like that. If you look at a balanced portfolio, it is down, but it's down less than half of that. 
It's very polarised, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people become very fixated on what's happening in the market when actually it's more around you know, what's happening in, in your investments. What does it mean for you? Yeah. Mm. Again, that's a you know a key point that clients speak to me about. As I said, look, can I lose all my money here? And the fact that the, the, the fact of the matter is, yeah. you know, you've got elements like cash in there. You've got you know alternatives in there in that portfolio to try and hedge you know the, the losses that you know we're seeing in the equity and bond markets at the moment. And again, you've got to think the equity markets, all of these companies that we've invested in, they've got value, mm. you know, and, and yeah. it gets to a point where they become undervalued and then they go back up. We saw that with COVID. Yeah. Um, and it's just about giving them time. That's the key thing with, with anything like this. Really. Yeah. Just, um, bringing Diane's point to life, I actually done a presentation to a, a third party provider yesterday. Oh. I nearly called them a competitor, they're not. <laughs> um, but with a, with a third party, I demonstrated my own client site because I always think you've got to skin in the game, mm -hmm. show your own. I showed them I'm a true potential client. I use the true potential features, rewards, banking integration and the yeah. likes so of the seen my coppers in my bank account. <laughs> um, but I, I actually showed them the, the asset allocation breakdown. So showed them the fund manager breakdown, yeah. then showed them the asset allocation. And I sort of said that's real time, that's a real time feed coming through on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. They couldn't wrap their head around that. They send their investors an annual statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And they couldn't get their head around that I get a daily valuation on my bank account, pension, ISA, GIA, and then all of the information coming yeah. through from Chris and the team. I actually then showed them the monthly commentary um, and they thought that was fantastic. We'll never be able to replicate it, but hence why they're speaking to us. So that was a brought to life, really. It was quite, uh, quite interesting that, you know, a company most people would have heard of couldn't wrap their head around that. It's traditional, isn't it? Again, you, you, we do talk about the third party providers and what they give to their clients. And I think some clients are possibly undersold what we do actually deliver in terms of the information that they have at their fingertips. Yes, they'll get an annual statement, but they'll also have the apps and the web pages that they can log into every day if they want to, to see where they're at, to see what assets they're invested in, to see whether in terms of what they've got invested is up or down and they can make their own decisions based on that where they're comfortable and they can take comfort from they're not just going to find out in 12 months that they've lost a huge amount of money that they didn't know they'd lost or they've made a massive amount of money that they didn't know they've made it's, it's there every mm -hmm. day for them and i do i would like to think that the clients that have got the apps um are with us forever now because of that information and you're right there are there are we've worked 14 years to be able to provide what we can provide and the tech changes that we've gone through has enabled us to do that relatively quickly. And now that we've got the foundation for moving very quickly when markets change, we have the podcasts, we've got morning markets. Um, it does allow us to give clients everything they need at the touch of a button. Again, as opposed to a quarterly statement or an annual statement that they may get in paper form. And how much do you really look at that kind of stuff? It's already outdated 24 hours later and mm -hmm. it's changed again. So... In reality, what is it worth? That's it. By the time Royal Mail try and get it to you, mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah. it tends to be out of date. Uh -huh. it, so. It's quite actually when I when I first started work, what twenty three years ago, um, we I used to look after a book of private clients, and we used to send them an annual statement. <laughs> so in that sense, they you could they could ask for something. They yeah. could ring up and say, "How much is my portfolio worth?" But the reality is, is that you would sit down with them once a year. And in some ways, it would either be like a very positive yeah. meeting because things had gone well, or it would be maybe a bit more of a negative meeting yeah. if, if things hadn't gone so well. But it would almost be the the client would always be a little bit nervous because 
they'd be sort of waiting for something and they wouldn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what we do is fantastic in the sense that if any any point anyone wants to know what the yeah. portfolio's worth and all the other things that you said about every other thing that we do here, um, to me, it just it shows how much the industry has moved on. And it, it's better for clients. Well, we live for clients, don't we? That's yeah. the way, everything that we thing, do. Yeah. Everything yeah. that we do is for the end client. Yeah. I mean, yes, don't get us wrong. We're a company and we're, we're here to make money and in, in growth. But we everything that we do is for and with the end client in mind. Um, we don't do anything flippantly. We do everything. Everything that we do is considered. What will it give the client? Is the client going to be better off for it? We're not doing it just because it's maybe something that's new or there's a new technology out there. We look at things, we assess them, we do our own risk assessments in terms of what it is that we're about to deliver. And it, it there always has to be a benefit to the end client before they actually get to see it. Yeah, um, I think one of the key things of the client site is, you know, if you can get clients looking at it constantly over time, they can actually see and experience the volatility yeah. and mm-hmm. get used to it and realise this is normal. I mean, it's not as normal to have it, you know, twice in two and a half years, but they can then experience and learn from that. And and again, that's great about the technologies. It helps clients to learn and actually realise that this can happen from time to time, but it will recover if you give it time. And that's the key thing. Well, let's let's move on. We've got the the elephant in the room, uh, which is which is inflation. (laughs) We've we've managed to get 15 and a bit minutes in, I guess, to. In the Just podcast, try to avoid it. <laughs> we've not talked about it. It, it. It's at its highest in forty years. It's what nine point four percent, which is, which is high. We've already joked a little bit about yeah. Amazon and and such going up and and just everyday purchase. We were joking, but Lurpak seems to have made the news about the <laughs> fact that, you know, they'll start putting security tags on butter <laughs> in the supermarkets because it's it's what nine pounds for a. I'd, I'm not allowed to go to the supermarket, so I wouldn't know. I think in Liverpool um, they do put security tags on. <laughs> <laughs> they, put, they put security apple, uh, and single apples and single bananas as well, Chris. So, um, it's no offence to anyone else who's watching with Just a bit where Chris is from. Um, but if we, if, we, if we do look at inflation, let, let's just kind of break it down because it's, it, it can cause damage. You know, it causes damage to cash, as we are talking about in this podcast, the value of cash will... 9.4% would erode at cash, obviously. Uh, but let's just you know break that down. What, what would that mean if, let's say I've got £100,000 in the bank, I wish, um, mm-hmm. but let's say I've got that in the bank, what would happen in a year's time if inflation stayed at 9.4%? So, so basically what would happen is, is the spending power of that £100,000 would be eroded by, by 9.4%. So, you know, you'd say you've got, X amount of money and you need to buy whatever you would buy on a monthly basis and what is happening the things that you're buying on a monthly basis are becoming more and more expensive yep. so inflation is basically the change in prices of goods and services so in that sense what you need is something that helps you to defeat inflation now how can you do that well over the long term obviously the key way to do that is is to invest your money and you know when we look at the the performance of say the true potential portfolio proposition over inflation over the a- over the average term, then actually you know, we we've, we've significantly offered more than that. Mm-hmm. I think you know what is difficult is obviously you know if if you are in cash, you know people talk about um, you know interest rates going up. You got the UK base rate at what one and a quarter percent now. Um, he's still basically getting nothing on yeah, cash. Yeah. You know it's it's int- I was looking at. Um, 
I was talking to someone about a cash account, and they were talking about, I think it was a Chase account, which was, I think, about 1.5%. And that was one of the, the kind of better accounts. But, you know, the reality is is that inflation at over 9, 1.5, V9, you know, you're still going to be eroding your money away. And, and the other thing, I think this is maybe more important, is, you know, the reality is inflation will come down at some point. That, I don't think that will be this year, by the way. I think it will get worse. But I think as we move through next year, inflation will start to come down. But the reality is is that you're still not going to get enough on your cash, even with inflation at five, even with inflation at four, yeah. even inflation at the Bank of England's target of two, yeah. you're still not getting enough on, on your cash overall. So for me, um, I, I, we want to give a kind of balanced argument around cash, which, yeah. and I think you know the starting point was you know, cash is really important in both the emergency fund, it's important in what we do in respect to fund management, but as a singular long-term investment, it, it's terrible. Yeah, it, it is, and it, it's interesting because we've talked about you know these kind of instant accounts you can just go online, buy and, and, yeah, and invest yeah. in, and they, they're using headline rates as, such as 1% and 1.5, yeah. and it, mm. it makes me scratch my head and think, what's the point? You know you're yeah. going to lose. It's like, if you know you're going into a game of football and you've already been told you're going to lose, would you bother even turning up yeah. just to be beaten for 90 minutes and then at the end go, I knew we were going to lose anyways? It, it, that, that would be my logic. I'd at least like to go into the game thinking I've got a chance of winning. Yeah. You know, I'd like to have a good chance of winning. That... That's a probably poor analogy, but how my no, it's a good how analogy. my simple, how my <laughs> simple England, Germany on Sunday, well, we've got so football, yeah, which, I know. Which, which I watched the other night, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Oh God! I was going to get onto that one with weekend plans. Oh, came. sorry, Greg. We've gone and saw there, Diane. Um, but no, I, I, I think you see these kind of what what looks like a headline rate. Yeah. You don't even have to read the small print to know that you're going to lose with that one. Yeah. And Tom, do you do you speak to clients much around you know? Inflation, interest rates, yeah, things I mean, like that, I'm assuming you do. If you, you look at interest rates like since the 70s up until now, I think the average interest rate is around about 7% mark yeah. you know, over that period in time. So you look at it now and we're talking about you know, 1.25% and you know, it's still very, very low yeah. over that period in time. And you know, your clients, they do say, look, you know, when is cash suitable? And, and obviously we've given you some examples you know, there, but the majority of clients that we deal with, they're all investing for the long term. Otherwise, we wouldn't. You know, put them into the true potential portfolios for for starters. Really, yeah. we've always said, you know, you must have a five year term if you're going to take the full amount of money out. I mean, you can, if if, if you invest and you can obviously invest and then take maybe a safe withdrawal of four percent over a period of time, take that out, and that's still suitable. But you know, if, if you if you invest and you've got to be thinking long term yeah. and and you know interest rates and all of these figures that you just you know talked through there, they're still you know ridiculously low, yeah. and they've, and they've, you know they probably will you know come back down again, um, I would have thought, um, you know, into the next year, um, they'll probably peak and then come back down again. So it's, you know, again, like we said there, it's 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 all sort of news and scaremongering, I think, to some respect in the, in the press when you hear some of the figures that are coming out. Yeah. Um, Someone, someone's mentioned news in front of Diane. So I know, I should, I should have done that. Because, uh, I, avoid, I just avoid it now because there is no new news. It is not news anymore, it's just as far as I'm concerned, mm. because there's nothing new. Yeah. There really isn't. Can you genuinely look at any kind of media outlet over, I would say, the past 12 months and think of anything, aside from the war, what new? What news have we had? None? Mm. Legitimately none. It's been about Boris, COVID, Boris, COVID, 
Boris, COVID, <laughs> the war, and now inflation. It's mm. just this cycle that there is. There's no new news, and very little positive comes was, from it. So I just avoid it. I was going to ask if you'd calm down from the podcast a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. The answer is clearly no. It's just good awful. Good on you. You fight the fight. I'm trying. I'm, but I'm a one-man band over here. I know. I know. Well, look, I, I have to agree. I, I, I tend to now be quite selective with the news, mm-hmm. as yeah, in, you know, there's certain certain news outlets I'll avoid now entirely, and there's yeah. certain ones I'll go to to maybe catch up on. A little bit of the sport, uh-huh. football, fantastic. But there's the you're almost struggling to find the good news at yes. the moment, and there can be good news out there. But obviously, I mentioned it right at the start, but I wanted to talk about this at some point. And it's kind of where where are you sort of feeling the pinch? You know, as as you are also clients and members of the public, yeah. you're not just podcast hosts or <laughs> guests. Um, I I think the first one for me was. It was it was actually the increase in Amazon. It went up by fifteen pounds, and for me that wasn't. It was almost the straw that broke the camel's back because at the same time, I'd had an email from ASOS saying my annual free delivery was going up and it was due for renewal just at the same time, a coincidence. And yeah. then I had Amazon, and then the 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 other one was Sky TV. The bill came through for that, and it was one hundred and sixty eight pounds. I was blown away until I spoke with Steve Hutton. And his was two hundred pounds. What for a Sky yeah. monthly subscription? So that that what was almost does he well. Yeah. Oh, let's <laughs> not go there. Steve's been known to buy a couple of pay per views. Football, football, boxing, and things yeah, yeah. like, think, things like a, that. A, that a gentleman would watch. Yeah, yeah. That that for me was kind of it. All happened in one week, and then you do sort of catch the news and see, you know, these prices and whatever. And it can wind you up. And have I done anything about any of them? No. I renewed Amazon. I reviewed ASOS. And I've not rang Sky yet. Because I know if I ring them up, they'll get us on a new 24-month contract. And I'll be tied in for longer. So I, I... over to yourselves, have you, have you guys sort of felt... I think fuel is the biggest one for me. I mean, just driving to Manchester and back to see my friends the other day, it was £50, wow. which is just like, yeah. that really is quite a lot of money. I mean, you, and you can't get a train as an alternative because yeah. that's, you know, like £150 <laughs> on Transpennine. Don't get me started, <laughs> <laughs> And they'll be on strike. Yeah, they won't be, you won't be able to get on it, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this that, weekend. I mean, that is the key one for me, is fuel, it's just... And I accidentally the other day I went to the beep beep. I should, probably shouldn't say this, but I shouldn't name <laughs> names. But beep, yeah, bleep. And I put the you know the special fuel in instead of the normal fuel, and I didn't realise oh, no. it got me. And that was I think it was about two pound ten for, was there a for some petrol. So yeah, <laughs> been feeling flushed. Oh, that day. I was not happy when I realised. I looked up and saw the the, uh, the sign. So yeah, that was that's a really the real killer for me is fuel. I think definitely. Chris, you're you're a little bit different in that I always think you've had exposure to. London and Edinburgh and exotic yes. places like exotic that, places. and we're stuck in our little Newcastle bubble <laughs> here. So, you obviously see the wide ranges of the price of a pint, which I know yeah. is your barometer. It was interesting actually. I was in um, I was in London and I was in like a chain pub, so not like a, a kind of really flash pub, and I was charged seven pounds fifty for a pint of lager, which to me is quite a lot. Was it a premium lager or was it a? It, it to be honest, it was a pre- It wasn't like a, you know, a pint of skull or something like that. Okay. It was a, it was a pint of Peroni. Okay. Which is is quite premium, but um, but yeah, it is it is expensive. But saying that, tomorrow is my Newcastle Stag Night. 
Will you spoil weekend? Oh, 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 no. No. Straight to you Sorry, yeah. This is what so I get for getting your job titles from <laughs> <it's been> <laughs> nice. I think that will be a test of the a formal test of the, the price of a, a pint of lager versus say London or something like that. Well, £6.50. You'll, you'll, you'll not be buying £6. any. £6.50. I paid that in the... Sh- yeah, in, again, I can't oh, name them. Oh, stop it! I it But yeah, I did in, in Oosburn, which is a sort of trendy part well, of Newcastle. You, you deserve that. to pay that for a pint yeah, if you go to Oosburn. And Diane? I think, again, it's just supermarket when you look at the value of what you might have spent a couple of months ago in terms of you don't really realise, certainly if you're just going for your, your normal shop, you pick things up, you put them in your trolley, you go to the turn, you're like... <gasps> What did I buy? Yeah. Like, how on earth has that cost this much more? It 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 is it is bizarre, and I think the problem really is that you don't see it. You don't see the benefit of what you're spending because you don't know why. Why have Amazon Prime put that service? Like, what is it that Amazon are forking out for that makes them put their prices for their service up? What's changed within their service package? What means that they have to then like add that or send that down to the consumer? And I think if you can understand it, it's easier to swallow. But when you, when you get there and you're just like, here's the money, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, You just seem to be getting very little now for what you're spending. Um, so for, for me, certainly the supermarket more than anything yeah. else. The Amazon thing I, I've read until I'm really You're not letting go, have you? <laughs> this is me with the news. Yeah. The, cost, the cost of fuel for their drivers, as in delivering parcels. Yeah. You know, you can order a right. £2 parcel, which costs them more in fuel to deliver. Uh, and the second excuse I seen was the cost of goods, and you think, well, I'm buying the goods, you're just delivering. Yeah, of course. So I, I thought both were a bit bogus. Yeah, well, also Amazon, they're mostly electric vehicles now. If you look around, correct. so that's yeah. not an excuse. Well, <laughs> correct. But we're going to be feeling the pinch in that in the in the so, winter. That's yeah, cool. that was the headline was, today. Yeah, so I said I was staying away from the news, and there's another headline. I know Oops. we've dragged ourselves <laughs> down. Oh, oh, we we let's pick it back up again. We can't help ourselves. Well, look, I think we've probably wrapped up the cash argument. I, I, I don't know if there's a real winner in there. I, th- I think cash can be king in the right places, yeah. you know, emergency funds, keep money, you know. But for me, I think it's where you can, yeah. you know, where you can invest, do invest. Don't be put off by what looks like scary markets. You know, you've got the right team of tree potential looking after your money. You've got the right advisors complementing the, the portfolios. And more importantly, you've got the right technology. Don't second guess. Don't second guess the decision you made when you decided to invest that money for the long term it is there is there are going to be difficult periods there always have been you've got the tech that will allow you to see where it's going um don't second guess your decisions certainly i try and stay away from the emotion that is loaded in terms of finance mm-hmm. before we wrap up there's probably two two things diane we've talked about technology a wee mm-hmm. bit but i've i've foolishly i've mentioned both of these but didn't actually explain what they were right. so i want to just ask you to cover off what is true potential rewards and what is true potential spending so true potential rewards is essentially free money you will go on to the rewards area of the website or the app choose a retailer that you want to make a purchase from and there will be a particular percentage that that retailer will pay you for the service that you essentially buy in there that money will then make its way into your true potential app and you can decide whether it goes into your investment or it sits there and you can withdraw the cash uh, in the same way that you do use other rewards apps that are out there. It's exactly the same, but it will be directed into your investment, your chosen investment from there. And the, what was the other one? Spending. So spending, yeah, you can link your bank account to your True Potential app. 
And in there, you can qualify, you can see where your spending is, you can group your transactions, you can understand in terms of the investments that you've got. You don't have to log into multiple applications to see what your current value is. So instead of me logging into Santander and True Potential, I can log into True Potential and I can actually look at my bank account. But again, without wanting to, to scare people like, oh, what does that mean? It means nothing to us. Um, we can't see it. We don't know. You authenticate your banking application through us. So all we do is, in terms of mine, I would log on to Santander as the provider. Then the service will go off to Santander and you will authenticate with Santander. And you're essentially saying, just make these transactions visible via this portal, please. We can't see them. We don't control them. We don't do anything with the data. It is just there for you to see and categorise as yep. you wish and see where your money is being spent. I've seen a really neat feature, which is the two pair up as well, because if you're spending money at a vendor which is on the reward scheme, yep. it tells you, you know, you could have had this cash yes. back. So I was kicking myself because <laughs> I'd done that. Uh, I, I was that client. Look that, at what you could have won. <laughs> look at what you could have had, exactly. So you, it kind of prompts you to say, yeah. you're spending this money. Did you know you can go into mm -hmm. rewards and buy it through there and get the... Yep. As you said, free cash. It is worth I just having a look around. Would, would approve that it's free cash, but it sounds totally better. is free cash. You're spending money, good. you're getting it back. It's free. It does. It sounds good. And Chris, just over to you before again before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, we didn't do anything on the markets this morning at the start of the podcast, which is our our usual sort of thing to do on the podcast. But you just want to maybe give a quick plug over to Kevin's morning markets yeah absolutely so um obviously we have the the daily morning markets video um so one of my colleagues kevin has done it today um just done a, a bit of a review mm -hmm. of kind of what we've been seeing recently maybe just as a highlight um you know actually markets have been pretty strong over the last few weeks fingers yeah touch wood fingers mm -hmm. crossed all, all those different <laughs> things um and so it's definitely you know it's worth watching you know he'll walk you through um what's been happening what our thoughts are um, and again, you know, I'll be honest, it's actually quite nice to have a positive news story after what's been a, a choppy few months. Absolutely. And I think the last one for me to wrap up before we go mm -hmm. into things is just, I think I just wanted to give a quick thank you to our, our true potential super fan, uh, David Regan. David is, I know, an avid watcher or viewer of the podcast or listener. I don't know how he prefers to absorb us and take us in. Um, but I know any moment now you'll see a picture of David in his True Potential jacket and gile, um, which we sent down just for being our, our number one fan. So thank you, David. I know you'd wrote some really nice comments about, you know, you're dialing in every time. You find it educational uh, and I'll always do your best to support True Potential. And hopefully the feeling is mutual. You know, we do our best to support you. And thank you so much for that. Thank you, David, for, for tuning in. And more importantly, thank you for being a client of True Potential. Yeah. So. Let's wrap up. I think that's been a really insightful, useful, helpful podcast, but you've all spoiled the weekend plans oh, now. Dear. So we're recording this on Thursday. Yes. And that means tomorrow is Friday. Yes. And Chris, you've got a big, scary day ahead of you tomorrow. Yeah. So I am getting married in early, I should know the day, in early September, <laughs> September the 10th. Um, and what is very kind is... Um, some of the team that I work with have set up a, a kind of special Newcastle stag night. So I believe, well, if I actually don't know what is happening yet. I don't know what the plan is. I hope there isn't like a costume that I have to get dressed up in like a Wonder Woman costume or something <laughs> like that. Um, but all I know is that it starts in the office tomorrow evening and that we're going into the city centre 
I don't know anything else about it. I don't know who's coming or anything like that, other than I do know you're coming because I did because you did mention it to me. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. And then I think Saturday might be a kind of quiet, reflective time where yes. I just spend some time on the couch. Or oh, somebody's going to get you down from that lamppost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They get me out of jail or something. Like that. <laughs> oh, we've had a whip round. <laughs> there may or may not be a curly perm wig and a mustache. There may well be yeah. <laughs> a shell suit. Shell suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You set yourself not, up there. Nothing, you? nothing stereotypical, Chris. It'll be dead, dead classy, honestly. Um, Diane, we'll be watching the women's football on Sunday. Probably it's Sunday afternoon, I think it is, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I've just got some friends coming over on Saturday. But tomorrow I'm in the office, so I will be looking to see Perfect. what happens. I might take some pictures, send them to Graham for the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's know. just see. Let's see where it goes. They might end up in the public domain. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom, any trendy bars down the No, years I'm actually doing what every financial advisor, advisor does and play golf. That's oh, what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. So my, my girlfriend's away. Um, so I'm going to make use of that time and right. see the lads and play golf instead. <laughs> it sounds like a very stereotypical... It does, it does. Yeah, so I know. There you go. That's what well, I'm doing. <laughs> thank you for joining me today, ladies and, lady and gentlemen. Um, ladies. And, and thank you to all of our listeners. And what we'd... Um, sort of advise or recommend everybody does on today's podcast is please do subscribe if you've if you've made it this far into today's session you've obviously found it useful so just press that subscribe button and don't forget to like thank you if you're interested in taking your investing to the next level or would like to know more about the options available to you when you retire then download our free guides to ices and pensions these are available in the video description below